What's up, everybody, and welcome to episode 157 of the Stand Up Guys podcast. I'm your host, incomparable Zach Jones, joined as always by star of the Disney Sus original original program, Ahsoka, <laughs> where he stars as the villainous Admiral Throb. <laughs> you worked on this. <laughs> Not the best, but okay. Um, so, if you couldn't guess, we're gonna, going to review uh, the first two episodes of Ahsoka today. Uh, and this will be full of spoilers, but before we get into spoilers, um, and oh, and we will be doing uh, a deep dive review in these episodes, covering all the different scenes and everything. Uh, but AJ, I'm curious where you are, just as a, a generally a fan on on Star Wars stuff, because it Star Wars is weird for me, because I I would call myself a casual Star Wars fan, despite yeah. the fact that I've watched a lot of Star Wars content. Like, I, I think I've watched everything live action as far as, like, the movies, okay. the TV shows. And I've even watched, uh, animation-wise, I've watched uh, the Clone Wars cartoon. Yeah. And now, like, because uh, I wasn't finished with Rebels, mm-hmm. but because this show, like, uh, references Re- Rebels, I was like, oh, I better go <laughs> hurry up and get through Rebels. So I've, I've watched Rebels now as well. And I've even read some of the comic books, but despite consuming so much Star Wars, I'm I'm still like feel like I can't talk as authoritatively on it as I can, you know, certain like superhero stuff. Right, right. And uh, I'm on the same boat as you, except even worse situation <laughs> compared, like when it comes to experience with the franchise. Um, I I did. Tr- I this is gonna sound bad. I tried to get into the old movies, like the original ones. Uh, I think I watched the first one, uh, most of it. I just, I don't know, it's, maybe it's because like, the quality is like older, you know? Right. I, I just never really got into those older movies. Um, really, the only movie like bef- pre-90s I ever watched was like Godfather, you know? So I just never got into the quality of those movies. But um, I did watch the later ones, the uh, live-action movies with Ren. Right. Or, what's her name? Ren or Ray? Ray. Well, R- Ray is Daisy Riddler's. Daisy Ridley's uh, character, mm-hmm. and then Ren is uh, Adam Driver's. Oh, okay, yeah. So both of them. Yeah. <laughs> So I watched them, and uh, I'd say I think I watched like three of the later ones. I'm not sure. So not nothing with like Lando Calrissian, no Donald oh, or okay. anything. But um, yeah, so I watched those. Uh, I was I thought they were okay. You know, I didn't, I wasn't too impressed. And I know that most Star Wars fans aren't really big fans of those movies anyway. So. Um, yeah, there's a lot that I'm lacking when it comes to knowledge. I haven't seen any of the animated stuff. Uh, I have, like, barely any grasp of what's going on when it comes to the universe. But, uh, yeah, I jumped into the show and still watched it. <laughs> <laughs> well, i got to say, like, for me, Star Wars, like, I know a lot of people, like, fell in love with Star Wars when they were a kid. Mm-hmm. For me, like, neither of my parents are, like, sci-fi people, so they never really watched it. I, I remember, like, it, for many years on... on cable or whatever like it would come on during thanksgiving yeah and like i remember like watching it but as a kid i never like got into it i, I didn't become obsessed with it like so many kids you know it was i had seen them but then like i hadn't seen star wars in like forever you know right. and so i remember when before the uh force awakens came out in 2015 mm-hmm. uh, i was like okay you know what i'm finally gonna like catch up on the star wars stuff so i watched the original trilogy um and you know what i feel similar to you in that like i like him okay Mm -hmm. but like i feel like if you don't fall in love with those movies as a kid like it is tougher because just like watching like those old effects and stuff you go okay that was the best they could do at the time At, at the time they were groundbreaking but now like i don't know as an adult you're like uh it if you, if you don't have that nostalgia for it, it's it's harder to forgive like certain things that don't look so right. good. But still, like the story wise and stuff, it it it's fine. Mm-hmm. And then I watched the prequels, which already at that point had so much like heat on them, you know. Right. Yeah. And I kind of agree with that. I don't think the prequels are very good. Mm-hmm. Like there's there's moments here and there, but overall, like they're not great. Right. Like I don't know if I would ever want to revisit them. <laughs> And then it's <laughs> There's some silly stuff that happened. There really is. And then you know what? As far as the uh, what's known as the sequel trilogy now, I actually love The Force Awakens. Okay. And I think like a lot of people say Empire is their favorite of the mainline uh, Star Wars movies. This is controversial. I think I might like Force Awakens the best. 
Oh, what, is that the the first one? Or? Yeah, so that would be the the first movie in this newest okay. trilogy. Yeah, okay. the problem, of course, is episodes eight and nine. Then were not very good. Right. Okay. I actually really didn't like episode eight. That's my least favorite of these these three, because I think his biggest crime was like uh, it totally like I, I got the feeling that Ryan Johnson didn't like the force awakens and he's like you know every like uh, good storyline th- that was established there mm. i'm just gonna ignore it and i'm just gonna <laughs> do my own thing that doesn't feel like it jives with it at all and oh, that's okay. what he did and then like then the, the uh, episode nine which i i think a lot of star wars fans hate even more than episode eight i was like okay yeah it's got its problems but i almost feel like it, it was like you know, 10 pounds of movie in a five pound bag trying to like, you know, d- do the best it could with that terrible, you know, eight movie, uh, right. episode eight lead in. I was mm-hmm. like, I-, I think it tried to course correct as well as it could, but it was just too overstuffed and it didn't work. Okay. Uh, you, you know, I, I've talked about this before, but I don't understand with movies that they know are going to be successful enough that. You know, it's going to be a definite trilogy. Like, they don't have to hold on and say, well, let's see how it performs. No, yeah. they knew where they were going to have three Star Wars movies. So why not write... All three together. All three together. Yeah. Or at least, you know, write the first one and then, like, the major beats of the other two. And, yeah, you can... Like, if you if something takes off or uh, you get an idea change from how people receive the first movie, yeah, you can alter those second ones. But at least have, like, your basic... Yes, yes. Uh, I, I feel that would have strengthened that trilogy uh, I, so much. I completely agree. And not to, like, you know, talk too much about Marvel, but I, I feel like that's something they did right in those first, like, few phases where they did, like, connect everything. And they, they kind of did write out their storyline, it seemed like, in, in advance of what was coming. And uh, then they honed it, you know, and crafted it a little bit better. And, uh, yeah, if you're going to make three movies, you should definitely start trying to make the third with the first, like, to some extent. Like, you should start branching out those storylines and figuring out what should connect and stuff. So I, I definitely agree. When, if you're going to make a trilogy, make it make it right. You know, I was listening to uh, Kevin Smith's podcast today, and he was talking about, you know, the current state of Marvel. And he made a point that I... I guess i've never really thought of but i thought it was a good point which is like when the mc started out you know they were using all their you know creative forces to make you know the first first iron man movie Mm -hmm. but then even after that was a success you know just a couple movies yeah but now they got so much between all the movies and all the tv shows that it's like going on at the same time that they don't have you know can't necessarily put as much thought into every single project as it deserves for sure i I think she hulk was a perfect example of that like we were all expecting like some sort of you know subterfuge or some sort of fun hard to navigate but uh, you know like something to get into storyline you know like try to break it down theorize right and we did that with wandavision we did that with loki and when when it came down to she hulk there was none of that like they they had pretty much not had any kind of ending you know made made for it like it was just it was just shoddily put together yeah really with those mcu shows we liked the first two you know wandavision loki and i think it's been pretty downhill since then yeah you know even like you know you've uh we reviewed uh secret invasion and we were both kind of meh on that exactly. as well yeah and so yeah I, I haven't been super impressed on the tv front yeah, I'm I'm hoping I'm holding out for Loki season 2. I yeah, I am actually looking forward to Loki season 2 just because Loki season 1 is by far my yeah. favorite of these shows so yeah. far. And I I don't know, but I feel like, you know, hopefully they they brought back those same writers and everything and you know, hopefully they didn't lose too much from season 1 to where they can continue with that stuff. <laughs> um well, AJ, should we get into Ahsoka? Yeah, let's do it. Now, I got to say, of all the um, Star Wars shows, <laughs> it, it is ironic that this is the first one we decided to, to do on the show, and for you especially, because I do think this is one of the the less like beginner-friendly right. uh, shows, just because it does like reference Rebels uh, specifically, and like... So it was tossing out things that, you know, I didn't even know. And then I 
I'll get to it. But even after I finished Rebels, I was still a little puzzled. Mm -hmm. I'll I'll get into that. Um, But one thing they did do, um, so uh, we'll uh, review episode one here first, entitled Master and Apprentice. I I believe, you know, uh, Star Wars, the the mainline movies are famous for having like the scroll that kind of sets the the place and time and what's going on. Always used as a reference for Star Wars. Which I I think is a good idea, especially as Star Wars adds more and more properties. Mm -hmm. But I don't think either the Mandalorian or um, like Andor, not that I remember, I might be forgetting, but I don't think they had like a a scroll to set things up. And I think that's because... um, you know, this show is a little more bogged down in, in a continuity. Okay. But I did appreciate that they had this. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'll, I, I wrote it down here. I'll, I'll read it out. Uh, the evil galactic empire has fallen and a new republic has risen to take its place. However, sinister agents are already at work to undermine the fragile peace. A plot is underway to find the lost Imperial Grand Admiral Thrawn and bring him out of exile. Once presumed dead, rumors are spreading of Thrawn's return, which would galvanize the Imperial remnants and start another war. Former Jedi Knight Ahsoka Tano captured one of Thrawn's allies and learned of a secret map, which is vital to the enemy's plan. Ahsoka now searches for the map as her prisoner Morgan Elsbeth is transported to the New Republic for trial. I mean, so that's a lot right there. Yeah. That I'm almost like, did they want to shoot more episodes and then they found out they couldn't? So they just summarized them. Yeah, I mean, uh, it was interesting because the person they captured seemed like a really high-level person. You, you kind of want to see like how they interrogated that person and got the information out of them and what happened in that whole instance. Yeah, I was almost wondering if uh, that was in Rebels, but I don't think it was. Okay. And I'll get to another thing that, like... Before I finished Rebels, I was like, oh, I I bet that's in Rebels. And then it ended up not being in Rebels. And I was like, this really scratched my head. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Now, are you familiar with the basic um, timeline of Star Wars as far as like when the movies take place? I don't know the time at all. So I'll try to set the stage a little bit for you here. So after, um, so the prequels, you know, episodes one, two, and three. Basically, the big thing that happens at the end of episode three is uh, the Emperor order. He, he calls down uh, Order 66, which makes all the clone troopers, the stormtroopers at that time, basically turn against the Jedi. Okay. And so, you know, during that time, there's like thousands of Jedi. But after that order is given, basically... Um, Almost all of them are wiped out. There's, you know, a handful left that are in, like, hiding and stuff. So Rebels takes place between Episode 3 and Episode 4. Okay. Um, So it's, like, you know, a really bad time for the Jedi. The Empire is reigning supreme, basically, Mm -hmm. you know. And so then Episode, the original trilogy happens, Episode 4, 5, and 6. So at the end of uh, Episode 6. Okay. The good guys win, the Empire falls, and the New Republic starts. So this show takes place five years after Episode 6. So five years into this New Republic forming. Okay. And also, um, The Mandalorian takes place at this exact same time frame. In fact, if you watch The Mandalorian, um, Ahsoka shows up in an episode or two of that show. Gotcha. So there's a little crossover there. Um, So... um, so yeah, Rebels, which is going to feature characters in this, took place uh, between episode um, three and four, and then the whole original trilogy happened, and this is five years after that. Okay. Which, you know, I always wondered um, what the time period was of the original trilogy, because there is like time in between those movies, Yeah, but I think um, I heard canonically, I mean, this might be wrong, that it's actually only like a three-year span. Really? Yeah, which I would have thought it would have been more. Between the first three movies? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> That's pretty quick, yeah. I um, mean, for a whole galactic empire to like... <laughs> right, uh, to fall. You yeah. would have thought it would have been more, but... Yeah. Uh, uh. Um, okay. So with that uh, kind of base put down, we'll get into it. So we start out, um, a New Republic ship encounters a small craft, which gives them old Jedi clearance codes and says they want to talk uh, to the prisoner on board the ship. The captain is skeptical, but says he wants to meet these so-called Jedi. Now, here's my thing. So this captain is like, 
I don't believe these people are Jedi. I, I think yeah. they're liars or whatever. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, shouldn't he have been then kind of leery from a safety standpoint? Because For like, sure. if these people are saying they're Jedi, like they could quite possibly be, you know, Sith or you know, some sort of bad entities that are like, you that know, could trained dangerous. like yeah. they could be dangerous, like really dangerous, yeah. like a Jedi is. But he's like, oh, I don't believe him, so I'm just going <laughs> to let him on my ship. I'm like, I don't know if that's a good idea. Um, then he starts talking shit to him like face to face. Exactly. So yeah, they come in and this Captain Hale guy calls the uh, two figures who get on board Imperial Trash. So he straight up believes they're Imperials. <laughs> Uh, pretending to be Jedi. Oh, he's got a good eye, but <laughs> but yeah, he played that smarter. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, I'm sure, like even though Jedi are famous for like just wiping out people with guns, all my guys with guns <laughs> will take these guys. Um, so the two figures, uh, they're they're not named right here, but just for ease of talking about this, I figure I'll name them. Uh, are Balin Skull and Shin Hati. Not sure if I'm pronouncing those uh, exactly right. Oh, I should run down the cast real quick as well. Uh, so the cast consists of Rosario Dawson as Ahsoka, Natasha Lou Bordizo as Sabine Wren, Mary Elizabeth Winstead as Hera Syndulla, uh, Lars Mikkelsen, who I believe is uh, Mads Mikkelsen's brother, as Grand Admiral Thrawn, uh, the late Ray Stevenson as Balin Skull, Ivana Sakno as uh, Shin Hati, Diana Lee Inosanto as Morgan Elsbeth. And David Tennant is the voice of Hu Yang. Okay. Wait, so that guy who plays Balon Skull passed away? Yeah, earlier this year he passed away. Oh, wow. Yeah, unfortunately. So after this season, they're going to have to replace him, I guess. Well, I don't know. You know or if he's still, he, if he's still alive, yeah. yeah. I, don't, I don't know. Maybe his character doesn't make it out. But yeah, unfortunately, he did pass away earlier this year. Hmm. Um, okay, yeah, I wrote... Um, they seem like, you know, two seemingly, like, Sith characters, although as we get into the plot, maybe it's a little more uh, deeper than that, it seems, um, who easily slay the captain and his guards uh, when asked for identification. Uh, so Shin, uh, she goes and attacks the bridge while uh, Balin goes after the prisoner. Uh, so Balin frees uh, Morgan Elsbeth, and she tells him about Ahsoka and how she's after the map and that she knows about Thrawn. Um Okay, so now we skip to Ahsoka. She's on this uh, kind of planet with all these uh, kind of uh, oh, what do you what would you call them? Like uh, Roman like Colosseum columns type. Yeah, but yeah. all like broken and like, stuff. Uh, ruins. Yeah, ruins. Yeah. Um, so she uses her uh, lightsabers to enter this temple, and I, I thought this was like very. It felt very like. Uh, video gamey like a puzzle section yeah. of an uncharted game or something uh where she turns these series of cylinders uh which uh eventually reveal this golden orb uh which turns out to be the map um she tries to message her partner um who yang uh but there's too much static uh so she can't hear him and who yang is like a droid yes oh. yeah and i don't know if i've ever seen it like she, Ahsoka was in a few episodes of of Rebels, and so he very well might have been as well. But I like there's so many episodes of those cartoons that I can't totally remember. You know, it kind of sucks that like they made the original droids so wonky looking and so <laughs> weird because now they have to like consistently make them like kind of weird. Well, like I know R two D two, you know, every, he's he's a beloved droid. But he really does just kind of look like a trash can on yeah. wheels, you know? <laughs> yeah. And they all make like these whoop, 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 whoop right. noises like, oh, God, stop it. Just, <laughs> we wouldn't do that today. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm fine with it, but I, I like that they at least have like several different varieties of yeah. droids, you know? That's true. Um, so when she leaves the temple, she is confronted by multiple droids who want the map. Um, she defe- defeats two of them. And so the rest uh, activate a self-destruct mode, which I'm like, okay, they have self-destruct mode. Do they have atomic bombs? <laughs> because <laughs> when these guys like explode, it. it almost looks like they explode the whole planet almost. Like, that had to be some sort of, like, nuclear weapon. Like, to some extent, there must have been some sort of nuclear <laughs> energy in there because... It was huge. The ex- yeah, for how the size for of the, the size of the bombs and how big they go off. Yeah, yeah they do seem like semi-nuclear. Yeah. Um, 
but anyway, when they activate their self-destruct, uh, she starts running. And luckily, Hu Yang shows up just in the nick of time, and they fly away to safety. Hu Yang. So yeah, we're introduced to Hu Yang, uh, who is a droid. Um, she tells him that going forward, he should stay closer in range to her. And, and, and he says, oh, I was just following Jedi protocol. And I think she might say something like, oh, the Jedi are no more or something. Or Yeah, she, she, she also talks about how she uh, got information out of Morgan right after that. Like, she's like, I didn't follow protocol, you know. <laughs> right, right, yeah. Uh, so they get a message from Home One uh, that there's been an incident. I guess Home One is like the name of the New Republic base or whatever. Uh, now, maybe I misheard. I, I thought either her or Hu Yang mentioned that their ship is called the Fulcrum. I might be wrong about that, though, because in the Star Wars Rebel show, like the Rebels have a uh, a spy that's infiltrated um, the Empire, basically, mm. and his code name is Fulcrum. Yeah. So I wasn't sure. Maybe I just misheard that or something. Um, so Ahsoka lands on Home One and is greeted by Hera, uh, who tells her of the prison escape. Um, Ahsoka looks at like the footage of the two in- intruders, but she doesn't recognize them. Um, Hu Yang suggests they might be former Jedi, uh, w- which is a little kind of interesting. I thought this was kind of uh, weird. So Ahsoka asks Hu Yang to uh, do a like a scan on their lightsabers. Mm. And I'm like, is there a database of lightsabers? Well, it sounds like Hu Yang trained a bunch of Jedi for like a long time. Oh, okay. And uh, based on his experience, which was about 500 years, I guess, of teaching Jedi how to make lightsabers and design them and stuff, he uh, recognized that there was only one student that made one a certain way, and that's how he recognized that it was... It was being, Okay. I guess that makes it... I didn't realize... I guess... Maybe they did. So he like, because um, he does mention like the younglings and stuff later. So he was actually involved in like training Jedi to a it certain seems extent. Like it, or yeah. okay, that that helps make it make sense then. Um. Okay. So Ahsoka shows Hera the map uh, to Thrawn. Um. And Hera believes Thrawn died at the Battle of Lothal. Okay. So this is what made me really want to like catch up on Rebels, mm-hmm. because I'm like. Uh, where I had left off, like, you know, Thrawn was in a, a few episodes, but I'm like, okay, I need to find out what happened to him. So, <laughs> I guess uh, spoilers for Rebels if someone uh, hasn't watched Rebels. Mm-hmm. And actually, but it, it's, once I watched the, the finale of Rebels, I was even, like, more questioning. So, basically, this is what happens, is um, um, Ezra, who will be brought up right. here, like, he... Like on Lothal, there's basically a you know a war between the the rebels and Thrawn, and Thrawn's in this you know star destroyer overhead and everything. And like Ezra plans this um, secret attack that ends up you know letting the rebels win, which is there's kind of these big like kind of space whale creatures that can actually go into um, uh, warp speed. And they, they have, like, these, like, tentacles, too. And so th- they, like, start um, helping the Jedi. And they, they end up, like, wrapping around Thrawn. And, like, all the good guys are like, Ezra, you got to get off of there or whatever. And I forget. He's like, no, I got to see this through with Thrawn or whatever. So he, Thrawn, him and Thrawn are basically, like, hyperspace by one of these creatures, you know, off to the di- who knows where. Yeah. And and that's how his storyline ends. But I'm like, why would they necessarily think that Thrawn and Ezra died, I guess? Well, especially they make it sound like they think possibly that Ezra died. Mm-hmm. But then I'm like, well, if they think Thrawn might be alive, it would you would think they would just assume Ezra is too. I don't know enough about Thrawn. Like is he like really powerful? Could he have killed Ezra easily? Um, I don't know if he has, like, enhanced strength, but his big thing is he's just, like, a strategic genius. Oh. Like, he... he, In a one-on-one fight, I don't know how much that would help. (laughs) Well, actually, I I take that back a little bit. Well, I don't know about the superhuman strength, but they do show that he, in in Rebels, like, 
he was doing a training program where he was like beating on these like droids and stuff. So, okay. so like he can fight. I just don't know okay. if he's like more powerful than a regular human. Gotcha. Uh, but his big thing is his mind. He he's a very strategic thinker. Okay. And and that sort of thing. Um. So yeah, Hera believes Thrawn died at the Battle of Lothal, but then I'm like, I don't know. They w- you would think if she thought he died that that she thought Ezra died. Yeah. Well, maybe maybe she does think Ezra died, and maybe. God, I don't know. It's it's a little confusing. But she seems to be like on board with everything that's going on. Right. She's yeah. like pushing it forward. So Hu Yang reveals that the map is locked and he hasn't been able to figure out how to open it. Um, so Harris suggests getting a certain woman's help. And they kind of play the game where they don't spell out who it is, but they're talking about Sabine. Yeah. Uh, and Ahsoka's like, I'm not uh, uh, sure she'll help. Uh, and then Harrow says, she'll do it for Ezra. Uh, so now we get a scene where uh, uh, I wrote Clancy Brown uh, holds a ceremony where he praises Ezra's uh, sacrifice. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, he, he's also the voice of this character in Star Wars Rebels. So the the character's name is uh, Ryder Azadi, and he's a governor. So Governor Azadi. Mm-hmm. Um, he tries to introduce Sabine at this big, like, uh, celebration they're having, uh, but she's not around. So he, like, calls... Uh, um, for people to do a perimeter check and, and find Sabine. Uh, so now we're introduced to Sabine. She's on a, a, a speeder bike. They, they definitely, like, throughout, you know, these vibes, she's kind of a, a rebel in a oh, way, yeah. you know. Um, so some space cops try to stop her, but she ends up getting away. She, like, takes her speeder and, like, slides under the uh, other cops, like, spacecraft or whatever. Yeah. Um, so at home, Sabine plays her final message from Ezra. Um, and then Shin, uh, Shin Hati goes to the ruins of the planet with the temple uh, that Ahsoka was on earlier. Uh, we find out that it was a temple of the Night Sisters of Dath- Dathomir. Now, one thing I will say about the Star Wars universe that I'm not a huge fan of is uh, they do have like people who know like literal magic. Yeah. And that's what these Night Sisters are. They're they're basically witches. Yeah. And that's what Morgan uh, uh, Elsbeth. Uh, is as well. Uh, so Balin Skull says that the map was either taken by Ahsoka or destroyed. They can't find it there. And Morgan's like, um, she's sure Ahsoka has it. Uh, so she tells Balin to take Shin uh, to Lothal. Oh, I should have mentioned that um, the planet Sabine and, and Governor Azadi is on. That is Lothal. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. So, um, yeah, she tells Balin uh, to take Shin to uh, Lothal. Um, so Sabine is awoken by a nightmare about Ezra dying and she sees Ahsoka's ship fly overhead. So Sabine goes to, I guess, like the capital or whatever there to meet with Ahsoka, um, who gives her the map and tells her she thinks, she, uh, she knows where to find Ezra. And again, so this conversation made me think that at least Ahsoka believes that Ezra is still alive. Yeah. Or they're like, oh, no, we're going to go to his dead body, maybe? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> a map to his body. Uh, Sabine figures there must be a key or codex to read the map. So Ahsoka shows her a scan of the temple, which I guess she thinks might be useful in, in doing so. Uh, Sabine wants to take the map home to work on it, but Ahsoka says, no, it's too important. It's got to stay on the ship. Uh, but then Hu Yang comes in, and um, so Ahsoka goes to, or maybe she just goes to meet with Hu Yang. So now he's completed his scan of the lightsabers we were talking about. Yeah. And he says they are consistent with how young uh, uh, Jedi younglings are taught, um, proving that they have Jedi training. Um, which I think is one of the more interesting aspects of the show that we'll, I guess we'll find out is like exactly like the origin of uh the two villains here yeah. and like you know it seems like they used to uh well him especially used to be a jedi yeah. they mentioned and like you know what what's his story mm-hmm. um yeah he he recognizes as one of the sabers is belonging to balan skull who disappeared at the end of the clone wars um ahsoka discovers that sabine took off with the map uh we find out that sabine is being tracked by shin hati who is now on lothal uh, she had, like, a, a droid, like, you know, looking after him. So, at home, Sabine works to figure out the map. Yeah, Sabine's an idiot, by the way. Like, does she really have to take something so important off-premises? Like, that's such a, a a trope in these movies and shows. It is. The, the only thing I wonder about is, like, 
you know, maybe some of that equipment at, at her house uh, helped her in some way. Yeah, but then get get backup, you know? Have, like, Ahsoka come with you, you know? It's just something, common sense, just protect the item. Yeah, I feel like they tried to cover that by being like, oh, she's someone who just needs her space to think or whatever. But, like, yeah. it was seemingly a bad idea with something so important. And another thing, everybody who comes to help somebody else only brings one ship. There's never any, like, real backup squad or anything like that. <laughs> it's just, oh, I'll come help you by myself. Right. <laughs> Um, so now there's a, a call between Ahsoka and Hera, uh, where Ahsoka says she wishes Sabine wasn't so stubborn and that she, uh, walked away from being her master, um, for good reasons. Um, but even though it was uh, for good reasons, it may have led to, to bad consequences nonetheless. So this is another reason why I wanted to get through Rebels and what left me puzzled because I was like, oh, in Rebels... There must be a storyline where, you know, Ahsoka tries to take her on as like a Padawan, yeah. and it doesn't work out. Yeah. But then that storyline never happened in <laughs> Rebels. Is this character even existent in that show, Sabine Wren? Yes, she's a big okay. part of that show. Okay. So yeah, um, in Rebels, uh, Sabine and Hera and Ezra and even the droid Chopper that you meet later, they all play, they're like main characters in that show. So then if she's not like an apprentice, what, what is she doing? She was like a, uh, a Mandalorian. And I believe her, her, I don't know exactly. It, it seems like the empire convinced, um, her, um, she, she's like good at making weapons. Okay. And somehow she made a weapon that the empire then, used against her own people and so that's what got her so kind of you know it, with the rebels and upset okay and um so yeah in the show she's mostly like uses guns and explosives and and stuff like that um but she also at one point god this is so getting so nerdy but like the mandalorians have like their kind of own lightsaber they call the dark saber mm -hmm. and at one point in the show she ends up wielding that okay. and oddly enough the dark saber becomes a big plot point in the the mandalorian tv show okay um but the other thing is like um you know most of the time when somebody takes on somebody is like a paddle on or whatever like they show like force sensitivity and like I can't remember like every episode of Rebels, but I don't really remember her like showing that uh, during Rebels. Right. So like I I'm hoping that this show maybe at one point kind of flashes back and shows this story of like you know Ahsoka trying to take her on and why it didn't work out. Yeah. Because like I thought I was gonna get that in Rebels and I really didn't. So. Okay. Unless um. Is there gonna be a new episode tonight? Actually. I think so. I think so. Yeah, it's Tuesday right now. So. Yeah, we're a little late getting yeah. this review out, but um, we still wanted to talk about it. Um, so Sabine fi does figure out the map back at home, uh, but then uh, she's attacked by Shin's droids, one of which steals the map. Uh, so she calls Hu Yang for backup, um, and Sabine grabs her lightsaber and goes after the droid, but then, of course, she runs into Shin. Um, they fight for a while, and then Sabine ends up getting stabbed by Shin. Uh, uh, but Shin runs away once Ahsoka shows up. And then the episode kind of ends with Sabine passing out due to her her wound or whatever. You Which know? is pretty nicely cauterized by that. Well, that's the, that's the one thing <laughs> about, um, you know, sabers is like, you know, people in Star Wars are like losing limbs and stuff. But yeah. they're... Uh, their wounds are automatically cauterized by, <laughs> by sabers. Totally fine. <laughs> but, like, I mean, she was stepped right through the middle. So, it, like, if she survived that, she got pretty lucky, really. <laughs> I think yeah. somebody mentioned that, like, you know, there's other Star Wars saber fights where people got stabbed like that and died. <laughs> but, like, you know, I guess she was just lucky, like, a, a millimeter to the right, and she would have been done for, you know. Um... <laughs> 
It does like it does make you wonder though, like what are her insides like now? <laughs> they got this perfect cylinder. She's got like a like nice burnt. sear going yeah. on. <laughs> you would think that would have to interfere with, with like at least an intestine or something. something. Yeah. <laughs> um, like I know it's cauterized, but I don't know. I think that would have messed something up. Like there's got to be some capillaries that aren't getting blood now or something. <laughs> or she would at least been in the hospital for like a year. Right. <laughs> Oh, she was in there for like a few hours. Yeah, I'm, like, I'm, I'm good. <laughs> then she worked on that head. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Um, so that was episode one. You got anything about episode one before we move on to episode two? You know, I, I told you earlier, but this is off the podcast. I was I was hemming and hawing to watch this show. I was like, uh, hour-long episodes, I don't know. But by the end of episode one, I was kind of intrigued. So uh, I, was, I was ready to watch episode two at this point. You know, I'm okay with hour-long episodes, though, because some of those Marvel shows have those episodes that are only like 35 or 40 minutes, and, and those almost seem like too, too trunk, short. Uh, too short. Yeah. And I don't know, there's like a, there's like a Goldilocks zone with these yeah. episodes. No, actually, after watching them, I do appreciate your length now. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so that was episode one. AJ, should we move on to episode two of Ahsoka? Let's do it. Uh, so this one is entitled uh, Toil and Trouble. Um, so uh, we begin with Sabine waking up. Um, she tells Ahsoka that she opened the map. Uh, she said the path was between two galaxies, uh, but they took the map before she could decipher it. And yeah, I remember when she opened up the map, like it showed these like two star systems and then like, it's really fancy. It even shows like this, uh, like, this <laughs> like line, line going to, to like this other place. Yeah. Um, she also says that the droids um, destroyed the record she made um, at home. Um, Sabine tells Ahsoka that she will need her um, help. Um, but Ahsoka says, you know, no, that's okay. You've, you've, you've done enough. You know, nice not in a bad way, but like in a, not in the, like a, a crappy way, but she's like, you know, no, you, you've done enough with what you've done here. Like you did good, you know. She, she's uh, always so calm and very, uh, very hard to read if she is being passive aggressive in that sense. That is, tr- that is kind of true. Yeah. She, she does seem like very kind of almost closed off in yeah. this first couple episodes. And like, even with something like horrific, like, you know, they lose that map and everything. She's always like, okay. All right, that's fine. Just... <laughs> <laughs> I actually like that about her, but I mean, at the same time, it's like, is she mad? Like, how is she right now? <laughs> yeah, I gotta say, I uh, and maybe she was directed this way, but in these first couple episodes, it does seem like she's, you know, not like super emotional, but I guess the, that could be a characteristic of the Jedi as well, because yeah, they're kind of, you know, taught to like control their emotions and, and things like that. Right. Okay. Um. So Balin and Shin traveled. I, I wrote travel to this weird Stonehenge-looking thing. Uh, it, like, it's like a circle, and there's all these like kind of pillars like yeah. around it. Um, and he puts the map in the center. Uh, Balin tells Shin to contact Morgan and tell her they found the reflex point on Setos. Which at this point in the show, I was like, I don't know exactly what this means. Later on, we find out that you know Setos is this planet that kind of is involved yeah yeah um ahsoka goes to sabine's apartment and she's attacked by a droid who she easily defeats because apparently she kind of expected it to to be there hanging out Mm. um she brings the head of the droid to sabine and sabine hacks the droid head and she finds out that it came from corellia now i might be wrong about this but i'm pretty sure corellia is um this planet that Han Solo grew up on. If, if you watch Solo, a Star Wars story, mm-hmm. which is one of the movies, um, I believe Corellia is where he grew up, okay. which at that time was like this kind of really crappy planet. Mm. Uh, at this point in time, though, it looks like they've kind of made it a better <laughs> place. <you know? laughs> um, Ever since they got rid of that Han Solo trash guy, <laughs> they could improve the planet. Um, okay, so yeah, she hacks it, um, finds out that it came from Corellia. Um at the New Republic shipyard. So Ahsoka... Uh, oh, and also, uh, they have Hera on a, on a call here as well. Uh, so Ahsoka says uh, Morgan had, had imp- Im- Imperial factories on Corellia. And Harry, Hera says they should have been torn down after the rebellion. Uh, but Ahsoka thinks, well, maybe... Did somebody check on that? Maybe they haven't been. Uh, so Hera agrees to meet Ahsoka in Corellia. By herself. With no backup. Just her and... That really is a good point because she's like a general. Yeah. 
So you would think if anybody could maybe take a few people along to help, exactly. it would be her. Yeah, it's a little muscle, just, you know. That's a good point. Done. I didn't think about that in the moment, but you're right. She totally, <laughs> like, should have brought some people along. I thought so, yeah. She's got Chopper. <laughs> yeah, that really wasn't smart on her behalf. I guess you could say, like, maybe she thought it was just going to be, like, a a mission where they wouldn't run into any enemies and it was just going to be, like, a fact-finding. But really, like, that doesn't make sense because, like, you, the evidence suggests that maybe some bad guys are there. Yeah. So, yeah, you're right. She should have brought some people along. Um, Sabine wants to help, but Ahsoka says no and exits the room. And then Hera tells Sabine um, that she's proud of her and that Ahsoka will come around. Um, now we get a scene where Morgan shows up to that Stonehenge place. Uh, Balin asks who built the place, and she says an ancient people from a distant galaxy. Well, that's not uh, yeah. <laughs> obtuse. Uh, Morgan uses her magic to open the map. Uh, and show the path to where Thrawn is hiding. So this is another thing I guess we'll find out as the show goes along. But I'm like, okay, him and Ezra were transported to God knows where. Mm. Who made this map? That's what For I what wondering. purpose was this map created? Yeah. Like, how could this map even exist? Like, if, if they were just transported like, like that, who saw them go there? Like, Well, my thing is, seemingly the two people that you would think maybe could have made the map would have been either Thrawn himself or Ezra. Yeah. But if that's the case, how did they get the map to that weird temple? Like, I want to know, like, who created the map and how did it get to where it got? Yeah, I I don't get that either. I don't know. (laughs) Because it's not like... It's like um, there would have been, I believe, um, like eight years from when they disappeared to where this show picks up. Okay. And so it's not like this is like... At its oldest, this map is eight years old. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just, I'm not sure um, how this happened. I feel like they need to explain that at some point. <laughs> I will say that, so there is an episode in, in Rebels where um, they find this Jedi temple. I think it was actually on Lothal. Okay. And uh, he discovered like this actual like portal that could, um, that was connected to all these other portals that could actually travel across time and space to like distant places mm. so maybe wherever they went if he was able to find that a temple and connect to that you could say that ezra maybe oh. traveled so maybe we'll find out something like that i don't know okay i um so balan says um the children of the jedi temple call it the pathway to peridia <laughs> which i thought was weird just in the like what are you talking about this is the first time you would have seen this pathway on this map or whatever. Why would they have already had a name for it? That line confused me a little bit. <laughs> or he's like, no, they call every pathway the pathway. Uh, anyway, Balin says the path ahead is cloudy. Um, Morgan hears a voice whisper and uh, at her, which she says is Thrawn. So she believes she's hearing Thrawn's voice. I mean, maybe we'll find out that isn't Thrawn's voice and that's... The voice of some evil entity that made the map? <laughs> Maybe. I mean, I don't know. Yeah. I hope it is something even bigger. <laughs> uh, Morgan says the Eye of Scion uh, is, is on its way. Um, some Lord of the Rings. <laughs> yeah. That's uh, <laughs> the Eye of Sauron. Yeah. Yeah. Very similar. Now, I was confused here whether the Eye of Scion... Uh, well, at first, the way she talked to her, I thought the Eye of Scion is a person. But then, like... At the end of the episode, we find out they're building that huge thing with all the hyperdrives or whatever. Yeah. So I was like, okay, is that the Eye of Scion then? I don't know. I was a little confused there. Um, Shin, uh, so I think Morgan leaves, and then Shin has a conversation uh, where she asks Balin what happens when they do find Thrawn. He says, for some, it'll mean war. For others, a new beginning. And he says, for us, it'll mean more power than we could have ever dreamed of. Um, so Balin tells Shin to go to Corellia and assist uh, Merrick uh, with the final transport. And I should have uh, mentioned, like, uh, in episode one, when the bad guys went back to that temple planet that, got, that you know, Ahsoka was on and she mm-hmm. found the map and it was all burnt because of the bombs, there was, like, this hooded figure with him. Yeah. And that's this Merrick person. Okay. Um, she go- yeah, so she goes, uh, he tells Shin to go to Corellia and assist Merrick with the final transport. 
so in ah Ahsoka and Hera uh, go to Corellia, and they meet with this supervisor there, uh, who tells them that all of Morgan's assets were like dissolved or like uh, inventoried by the Re- New Republic. Repurposed. Repurposed. Yeah. Um, and and they want to take a place, and the guy kind of doesn't want to do that. But Hera throws her weight around as a general so that she can take a closer look. Um, on their way there, they, the supervisor mentions that there are several like ex-imperials uh, that work at the factory and, and in the New Republic government. Um, but the supervisor says he doesn't worry about their loyalty because they are loyal as long as they get a paycheck, basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, then Hera tries to convince Ahsoka to take Sabine back on as her apprentice. Um, now we get a scene with Sabine. Uh, her wound is fully healed now. <laughs> um, Hu Yang talks about how uh, Sabine's lightsaber uh, used to belong to Ezra. That's another thing that happens at the end of uh, Rebels is Ezra ends up um, – I forget if he loses it or – I think he maybe um, – oh, I think what happens is there's a scene where he has to meet with Thrawn without his weapons. Mm-hmm. So he gives the saber – to her. Okay. Um, so yeah, Hu Yang talks about how the lightsaber used to belong to Ezra, uh, but he, she's made modifications to it and that it, it is hers now. Um, he tells her that she should resume resume her training. Uh, Sabine says that's not up to her uh, and that Ahsoka walked out on her. Uh, but Hu Yang says that that's a poor excuse and that she needs to move forward. Sabine says Ahsoka wouldn't have even uh, come to see her if she didn't need her help opening the map. Uh, Sabine uh, tells Hu Yang uh, she never had talent like Ezra did. And Hu Yang agrees, saying that her aptitude for the Force is lower than any pa- Padawan he he had ever seen. And that's a, a thing. Like I said, like I can't remember like every single episode of Rebels, but I don't even really remember them like pointing that out that she was like Force-sensitive or whatever. Yeah, I mean, um, even in her, in her fight scenes and stuff, you don't really see her use it. I haven't seen her use it once in the show so far, I don't think. That's true. Even when in like the um, saber fight she had, I don't think we got a, her using the force at all. Yeah. So it's hard to tell. Uh, Sabine says she won't waste any more of Ahsoka's time. And Hu Yang tells her that she's on, the only time she's wasting is her own and hands her the lightsaber. Um, so back on Corellia, Hera notices a large hyperdrive core and says the New Republic doesn't have any ships big enough for it and wants to know what it's for. Uh, the supervisor says that information is classified and won't give it to her despite, and she's like, I'm a general, like, there's no, yeah. nothing classified for me and, and he still won't do it. Um, uh, when asked about the assassin droid, he says they do not have such droids, but then another droid that's in that room, uh, speaks up and says, uh, that it did see one of those assassin droids. Uh, they ask that droid where the assassin droid is now. And she says, and this is kind of convenient writing, but she's like, it's departing on that ship that's leaving right, you know, yeah. right now. Um, Hera demands that the person in the control room stop the ship, uh, but that person won't do it. And then it's revealed basically that uh, that supervisor and everybody in this control room are Imperial sympathizers mm-hmm. who attack Hera and Ahsoka. Uh, but basically, you know, uh, they're, they're no match for, uh, you know, Ahsoka. And so they, they're easily defeated. Um, Ahsoka tells Hera to go get the Phantom, uh, and the Phantom is the name of her ship. Okay. It, and it's used all throughout uh, Rebels. And while she goes after the Phantom, um, Ahsoka is going to try to catch up to that ship on foot. Uh, but as she tries that, Ahsoka is cut off by Merrick and a droid, and they begin to have a fight. Um, so Hera flies after that ship, um, and that ship begins to shoot at her, so she's kind of zigzagging trying to avoid it. So Ahsoka and Merrick fight. Um, eventually, like, Ahsoka, you know, is winning that fight. Uh, but Shin shows up on a smaller ship and helps Merrick escape from Ahsoka. Uh, so now Hera has Chopper um, throw a tracking device on the ship before it goes into hyperspace. Um, and then we get a scene where Sabine goes home and uh, pulls out her uh, Mandalorian armor and then uh, she has her G.I. Jane moment where she cuts off her hair, like, with yeah. her knife. You know, you were talking about how, like, the, you know, the, the noises some of the, like, droids make and stuff. They totally do this thing on, well, actually, I guess Star Wars, you know how, like, um, 
same thing with Chewbacca, where like Chewbacca will make one of his, his growls, and like they'll just know exactly what he says. Yeah, they do that with like Chopper and the Rebels too, where like um, you know he'll make his noises, and they'll be like they'll know exactly what yeah. he says. But in the case of Rebels, instead of just beeps and boops, it'll actually sound like he he, he actually says a certain phrase. It's just like mumbled. Okay, you know, so it almost like uh, kind of like he'll be like. <laughs> And they'll be like, don't tell me to shut the hell up. Was, like <laughs> okay, that. Yeah, you know, that makes more sense. You know. Also, like, uh, Chopper's, like, has a lot of attitude as far as, like, droids. Oh, go. yeah. He was not helping at all for <laughs> a while. He was the one who lost something and she had to tell him where it was. <laughs> I, I was listening to a, a podcast that mentioned that scene. And they're like, you know, he's a droid. He should have, like, a, you know, photographic memory. Yeah. He should know exactly where that tracking for thing sure. is. For <laughs> sure. Um, now Ahsoka gets a call um, from Sabine, um, and she says she's ready. Um, and so Ahsoka meets with uh, Sabine. So another thing, Rebels, basically, weirdly enough, like the very like last couple minutes of Rebels, it kind of flash forwards, and it shows this exact scene where like uh, shaved head Sabine meets with Ahsoka and they mention they're going after Ezra. Okay. So like apparently this was like planned out a little bit, you know. That's cool. Um, um, Hu Yang interrupts to say that uh, the ship with the tracker was traced to the Danab system and is in orbit around the planet Cetos, which we mentioned earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, so Ahsoka and Sabine fly towards Setos, and Ahsoka refers to her as uh, her Padawan. So yeah. we get that relationship established. Um, so now a scene with the bad guys. Uh, Morgan says that the final hyperdrive has been installed, and um, I think she says soon the Eye of Scion will be complete. And so I'm thinking the Eye of Scion like must be this connection to hyperdrives yeah. that can like transport them very quickly. I guess. That sounds like a. I mean, if all they have to do is like lock it into place, like they like I don't, they're trying to follow them to this planet, but they're trying to move from this planet to another place. It's like you have to hurry up and get they gotta get lucky that they don't move before you. It's all convenience. My thing though, the whole, the whole thing about hyperspace is you're already traveling like that faster than light, yeah. you know. And I'm like, <laughs> how far is this place? That you need to go even faster. <laughs> like, you got to hook all these, like, engines together. Five hyperspace engines or whatever. I don't know if exactly if that is exactly what they're doing, but it kind of sounds like it. Um, and she says soon uh, they'll be able to deliver Thrawn from his exile. Uh, Balin says Ahsoka's appearance on Corelli uh, worries him and that her presence in the Force is elusive. Uh, Balin says that Ahsoka is coming and that to kill her would be a shame because there are so few Jedi left. Uh, and then Morgan calls him sentimental and he's, uh, he, he, um, basically says, yeah, that's true. And so I thought that was a little interesting cause it kind of makes it seem like, you know, maybe his character is not totally evil. Like he seems, uh, you know, to have some sort of reverence for the Jedi and he used to be a Jedi. Mm. And so I kind of think either him or his partner might be a good guy by the time this show's over. I don't know for sure, though. I can't tell with the partner. She seems like a little rabid pit bull right now. Yeah. But, yeah, she could have a change of heart because she doesn't respond when he mentions that they're going after power. I can't tell how that resonates with her. So. Uh, and she also kind of seemed, um, when she found out that Morgan was like one of those witch sisters, oh, yeah. I think she kind of seemed a little... Put off. Put off by that as well. Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. I think I get that. So I'm wondering if maybe there'll be a turn in her character at some point. Yeah, potentially. Maybe uh, she could be like another student for Ahsoka or something like in the future. Maybe. That's true. Because you got to think like, um, you know, eventually there's got to be more Jedi created. Yeah. That's something you would think the New Republic would want to do. Mm Mm-hmm. But then it's like, um, you know, we know eventually that, uh, you know, Kylo Ren and his First Order group are able to kind of rise up and give the Empire, like, kind of build the Empire, you know, back up. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I guess that's a story they'll have to tell at some point. Yeah, so, like, he's still going, huh? He's still out there? Well, no, it, basically, um, uh, 
the good guys won again at the end of the okay. ninth movie. And he, they actually did a thing where they kind of like redeemed him a little bit. Oh, okay. like he kind of in the end kind of was helping Ray. Yeah, I think I remember something like that. Okay. And like they had a kiss, which I thought was kind of grody because <laughs> you know they almost kind of had like a. a it, it seemed like they kind of had like a brotherly sisterly relationship, yeah. kind of, you know. Uh, it just, I don't know, it seemed unnecessary that kiss. Mm. Although, like in the original, or, or maybe it's Empire, like I think Leia kisses Luke, and then later on, you know, oh, yeah, they find out they're brother and sister. Yeah, thank for this sort of thing. <laughs> <laughs> it's canon There's in Star a theme Wars. Here. Like every so many generations, there has to be like a. Uh, At the core of Star Wars, is I mean, I guess technically Ray and uh, Kylo aren't brother yeah. and sister, but. Well, we don't know yet. Like maybe they'll change her background again, like <laughs> from Emperor Palpatine or whatever. That's true. That like the new guy will be like, no, 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 that was all wrong. No, they they were brothers and sisters. Just so you know, before he died, that was an incest. <laughs> it's a rule. They must kiss. <laughs> <laughs> the only thing, and I think I've talked about this with Star Wars, is like you know the the whole driving force of star wars is like you know fascism right that's that's always the ultimate bad guy uh, is is fascism and so i'm I'm glad in this time period at least you know with the new republic like there's more of a chance to tell stories where it's not so much about that stuff Mm. although it still kind of is in this show because the whole thing is like oh thrawn's gonna come back and he's gonna be a fascist leader yeah as long as there's a there's an imperial bad guy they're gonna be like you know, fascist, but I mean, you know, I think they can build out these other characters and like their lives and stuff like that while that's still going on. I guess I just, uh, I I would like, uh, more smaller scale, um, Star Wars stories told where maybe like it wasn't always like, you know, fascism centric, you know, Uh but it does, it's kind of inescapable with Star Wars. It's always kind of a backdrop is okay. the fascism. Yeah. Which I, I get it, but I mean, hey, I don't like fascism. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you just it'd be good to have a wider variety of stories, I guess. I get that, yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, they got these witches, maybe they got their own little situation. <laughs> They're just straight The only evil. thing is me not liking the magical aspect of Star Wars. I'm almost like, nah, you can you can skip the, you can skip the magic but stuff. But I mean, the the Jedi aren't they like somewhat magical? <laughs> I mean, they can move things with their minds, so yeah. I guess uh, <laughs> it's always um well, you know, <laughs> So with Star Wars, um, you know, there's these people that are force sensitive and that, you know, tend to become either Jedi or Sith. And maybe in a Star Wars novice, I remember in The Phantom Menace, uh, they introduce this thing where there's actually a genetic thing where like, um, God, why am I forgetting what they call them? But they can basically do a test on someone and see, oh, you have like a large abundance of this in your... Oh, I was talking about the uh, metachlorines. Yes, metachlorines. Okay. And they're like, like, oh, his metachlorine thing is off the charts. And like a lot of like Star Wars fans didn't like that. And my thing is, is like, yes, I think ideally, like you'd like the thing to be like, you know, everybody is potentially force sensitive and like just some people have the mind for it more than others. But I'm like, given the fact that like Luke Skywalker, you know, Anakin, this family is so powerful with it. It it does suggest that it's somewhat biological. So I'm like, given that, like, I'm not too offended by the whole midichlorian idea because it's like, well, that's not necessarily as interesting, but it, 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 you know, it does kind of suggest the, uh, it suggests that it's true yeah. that there's a genetic genetic component. I get it. I mean, I, I get both sides. Like, if you're a, a fan of the originals and you didn't see that metachlorines part before, right. you'd be like, everybody has it in them. It's just if you tap into it, right? And I, I do like that idea yeah. better. But then at the same time, it's like, well, the most powerful people that uh, do it are really like one related. Family, yeah. yeah. I mean, there's other people too, but it does suggest, you know, yeah, if maybe- a father and son both have it that much mm-hmm. it suggests that yeah, maybe there is a genetic component yeah i can so, see that um but yeah overall um i would say i like these episodes yeah i would you know if i was judging on on the 10 point scale i would say probably seven out of ten i was gonna say the exact same yeah yeah um 
you should actually I'd be curious what you would think of like The Mandalorian, which I think is a pretty fun show. I'm down to watch it. I mean, yeah. And I, I like uh, this show so I'll and, watch uh Andor as well cuz Andor is much more of a like a serious like grim story, mm-hmm. but it's really good. Okay. And that's one thing I like about like the Star Wars universe, I guess, is it does have even though fascism is still always there, like they can tell both, you know, lighthearted and like serious stories okay. you know yeah. so i think the you know star wars universe is a very fertile ground for different types of storytelling i gotta say like out of all the star wars stuff i've seen which is not much <laughs> right but uh this has been the most fun i've had watching it so far so i think the shows i've heard good things about them i'm intrigued as to watching more of them and i thought for the most part it, um you know visually these star wars shows have looked pretty good as yeah well. i was surprised this one looked really good the cgi was i mean I, there wasn't much cgi i thought but well, there was yeah, plenty of space stuff, and it, it looked good. There's a lot of scenes in The Mandalorian of just, like, you know, his spacecraft, like, you know, flying into, like, some, you know, uh, alien planet. Mm-hmm. And just, like, those, like, vista scenes of him, like, flying, I'm like, man, this looks good. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Um, but, yeah, I, I, I'm liking Ahsoka so far. I'm, I'm curious to see where it goes. I just hope that, like, um, you know, I'm still a little fuzzy on, like, like I said, after I watched Rebels, I'm like, boy, this didn't connect the way I thought it would exactly. So I, I hope by the time it's done, it just like, oh, okay, yeah, that did make sense. It mm-hmm. did go from Rebels to Ahsoka and, and all make sense and not leave me scratching my head. You know, like as someone who doesn't know the rest of the story outside of this, the scope is very limited. I'm still very happy with what I have to watch. So like uh, the story is compelling. I'm not too, uh, I don't feel too left out or in the dark, or I don't know what I don't know, to be honest, you know, I, I don't know what's, what's that, what part of the story there is that connects to it that I should know about. So from what I'm seeing, it, it seems like a pretty well told story and, um, I'm, I like following it. Yeah. I heard some like Star Wars fans, um, I guess kind of thought, um, these first two episodes were just kind of like, meh. Um, but I, I don't know. I enjoyed it. I yeah. really did. And I'm looking forward to more. Mm-hmm. Um, so what about you guys? What did, how did you feel about these first two episodes of Ahsoka? Please comment down below and let us know. Um, and speaking uh, of the YouTube channel, please, if you will, uh, subscribe to the YouTube channel. You can also su- subscribe to us in audio form on your podcast service of choice. Uh, leave us a uh, thumbs up, five-star reviews, all that good stuff. Uh, and I am technically still on Twitter <laughs> at Zach Jones Live at Z-A-C-H-J-O-N-E-S-L-I-V-E. And that is going to do it for all of our shenanigans and poppycock this week. Please, please, please tune in again next week. Bye, guys. Take care.